Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. I just have to find a garbage can real quick and then we can... No, you should take your time. Oh, well, I don't want to take up too much of Eddie's night. I tried to get all the yawns out of the way, so I think we're... we're You're awake? I'm That's waking cool. up. Alright, as soon as he finds a garbage, I'll count us in. It's cool. Like that one stupid pop song. You wanna count me in? No, shut the hell up. What song is that? Uh, it's by Sarah Bararellis or something. Aurora Borealis? That song's like, Centrally you got located? me spinning like a something now out of my toes. I don't know, whatever. What? Alright, here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside these Good evening, good morning, good afternoon Good 3am Because you can't sleep everybody You are listening to The Ross Family Matters podcast And you? I hope you're having a nice shower Oh my Vic the Stick Ross Hello Jack Spade Hot Shot Scott Williams, and as we promised last week, our guest, Eddie Watson, who's now become our most... he Johnny Carson had guys he, like Bob Euchre he'd bring on all the time, right? You, Eddie Watson, you're becoming that. This is You're our third time in that guest chair. That's a record for the broadcast. You're our go-to. All right, yeah, yeah. let's do that. You're, you're our first Reynolds. You just need to slap Dom DeLuise in the nuts with a pie. We're all set to go. That's the thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> nuts with a pie? Oh, yeah. So. Oh, man, the 70s were weird. <laughs> 70s. Was that the 70s? Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. Right, yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> He's brown and loaded. Now, last week, we only got through two topics. It was, and they were two and a half. And there was a lot of hate and heat, and it was fun. So let's see what this brings. Oof. Well, we got a wrestling topic. Oh, that's on good. On a wrestling podcast. Imagine. The comeback. The comeback. The comeback. Okay, well, let's assume that we're not talking about um, the line in Mama Gonna Knock, said I'm Gonna Knock You Out. Right. <laughs> cool because he requested specifically that you not yes, refer to it as a comeback. a comeback. What were uh, you supposed to call it? Um, Nothing, because he had been there for years. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we've we've had topics like this throughout our first dozen plus shows where we talk about different parts of the match, the heat, uh, the shine, the comeback. Obviously, important because it's when the babyface starts to get the crowd behind him again. He rallies. Um, it brings the crowd back. It shows that all of their cheering and emotion and and pulling at the heartstrings has worked. And now the baby face is back. He's getting some fire and... And he goes, come on, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our um, son of a clothesline. There was a very important lesson I learned. And actually, I believe it was at a camp with Silas Young. Because... Uh, a thing that a lot of young, inexperienced, green, as we say in the business, <laughs> green, green wrestlers will say, uh, you know, they'll go to the crowd a lot, you know, 
And somebody who was always guilty of that actually was the prodigy. Ah! Mm. You, guys, you guys want to see me hit him? All right! Ah! You saw it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Uh, he, uh, Silas in this camp stressed how important it was that you save that period where you actually, you finally have had enough and you've recovered till that very, very end where people think it's about to be the finish. Right. Because um, a lot of guys will start their comeback and go, oh, we're here, but you should still be selling the effects of the heat. Absolutely. Now, we say the comeback's important, but I want to ask both of you guys, and I want to get your perspective, Eddie, as a referee and, and the comebacks, too, but is it possible, and I, I, it's a loaded question because we already know the answer, for a comeback to be either too short or too long? Like, what, because from the comeback, should, does, isn't necessarily the finish, it's, it could be a false finish, or two, or three, or four. To, in your mind, what is the best way to construct a match from the comeback to the finish, what what should happen in between? Why are you asking me? Because you're an idiot savant. <laughs> Not an idiot savant. Heavy on the idiots. <laughs> and heavy. Um, <laughs> it it depends. Uh, it depends on what. It, there's variables. You have to factor in the story of the match to factor where the comeback should right. fit. Um, <clears throat> but it is absolutely impossible. Uh, possible to have too short of a comeback. Right. Because guys don't want to give it all back away. Like I mean to me if to me the nothing buries a baby face more than too short of a comeback, right? Yeah. Uh, because you've invested all this time in, in him and especially if his shine was average to you know and then all of a sudden he makes his comeback and a minute later you're at the finish and Right. He's, get, he's getting beat. He hits two kicks and a move, and then he gets cut off to go to the end. Well, yeah, most of these shows, you end up with like an 8 to 10 or a 10 to 12. That's kind of your time period, right? If you're at an 8 to 10 match, what you shrink is actually the heat. Right. 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 And, and you know... You, you can shrink the heat. You can even shrink some of the shine, but shouldn't be shrinking the comeback. Shouldn't be shrinking the comeback, and you want to get that comeback into your finish somehow. So uh, I basically, everybody who's ever seen my match knows I have two things. I either do the comeback directly into the finish, right? So comeback, 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 finish, whatever. Or it'll be comeback, 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 pin, break it up, slow it down a bit, and then, the you know, you get the reaction and then you come back. And, and, and there's false finishes in there a lot of times, right? Yep. And this is a question for you, Eddie Watson. We talked two weeks ago when we had Angel Armani on the show. We were talking about referees, okay? And um, what, you know, referees and ring announcers, you only really notice if they're bad, right? But some people who are fans notice energy levels and whatnot. Do you as a referee, when that comeback happens, maybe yourself, you get a little bit more energized. You become a little more animated, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. you're a little bit quicker down the cover to count on a, on a cover by the baby face. Because that plays a part too, right? How many times can you do you see the guys in the ring pick it up a little bit and a referee slows it down? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So as a ref, you kind of have to come along for the ride, Yeah. Right? I'm riding that same emotional wave that the crowd should be feeling at that moment too, just because it's... It's it's kind of overtaking you, right? So you just can't help but to you know get in there and and um, 
you know, kind of show you your reaction to how things are happening at that moment. Absolutely. Well, not only that, but they're working at a faster pace. You have no choice because yeah. you have to be right there. I got to be right there to, when it's going on. Yeah. Right. And here's kind of what. Here's a little bit of advice if you're just starting out. Uh, and if you're starting out in the business the right way, you probably should be starting out as a baby face. <clears throat> if you want to go old old school about it, uh, figure out what your comeback is, and try to make it your comeback. <clears throat> like the five moves of doom. Well, just make it special. Don't uh, clothesline, clothesline, you know, body slam, and then go to like. Don't show them the same thing in the comeback that you showed them in the shine is basically what Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, for me, it was knee 270 splash. Uh, <laughs> 270. 270. <laughs> you had the knee lift. The I knee did. lift was always a solid thing. Yeah, I did have the knee lift. That's, I'll always have that and a back elbow in there somewhere. Um, so, who in your mind, like, and this might be a tough question because we obviously never get a chance to plan these questions when we pull them out. But it could be indies, it could be local, it could be all-time greats in, in WWE, WCW. Who had, whose comeback did you enjoy the best? Well, not Hulk Hogan's, because it was always the it's same. The same shit, yeah. Hulk up. But you go back to all the main guys, though. That's kind of how they telegraph their matches. So No, but I mean, Hogan's was really <coughs> always the same. He was always working a guy that was bigger than him that had worked over his back, and the question is whether he was going to be able to slam him. It was the same every match. Yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll throw a guy, again, I, may, I referred to my Mount Rushmore last week, and I talked about some of the guys on there. To me, what I liked about Shawn Michaels was his comebacks more than anything, especially, obviously, as a baby face. Um, because, again, that the energy, and it would usually, you know... It'd be, you know, sometimes off a double down, sometimes off reverse, and then the, the, the kip up, and then into the Shawn Michaels. He turn, he always had that energy, then he'd turn it up another half a notch to, to work through that comeback to the finish. That was a guy that I always enjoyed the comebacks. I guess I would have to go with Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Because despite the fact that the guy was too fat, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be honest, he looked awful, Yeah. right? But, but hey, he got baby doll but, though. Ah, okay. <laughs> but he would work for like thirty minutes, and you'd think he was done, and then he'd get up and he'd be fresh as a daisy, hitting all his stuff. You know, I mean, to me, it added something. It it was like, hey, maybe this guy ain't so bad sure, off after sure. all. And by the way, I always wondered what has happened. Where where did Daisy Fuentes go? Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I always liked Steamboat. Okay. Because I feel like Steamboat always kept his comeback realistic. The selling never left. Right. Even when he was, you know, he'd be fighting his way up and he'd, you know, he'd still be like a hand on the chest and he'd have that one arm out or whatever. And then the guy would come in and he'd block it and he'd hit him with the... That's a good choice. You know, I always feel, because I didn't put him on my Mount Rushmore, but I love Ricky Steamboat. I always feel like Steamboat's a guy who really never gets the full credit for how good he really was. Well, you know what the problem was, was right when everything blew up, he went home. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And then he fun. came back, and he was a big thing again, and then he went home again. What about you? Comebacks you like. Right? Actually, I was I was going to go with the Steamboat as well. I mean, no one in particular, like, comes to mind. Obviously, you're, you're hoping things right up. maybe? 
Uh, no, I think <laughs> that forearm was uh, was something Arriba. else. Arriba. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Steamboat. To me, Steamboat was a guy that when I'm watching, um, and obviously I was a little younger at the time, I, I was on that emotion. I was connected to that. Like, you know, I was fully in golf, believing everything he was getting hit with was the was the business. Well, you've been in there, and you've worked matches with some of the greats, and I, I would think that you would put, like, a Steve Stardom's comeback up there. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stick with Steamboat, actually. But uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity okay. to, <laughs> to open that up. When, uh, when Steamboat uh, would wrestle, and not just in his comeback, he was graceful. He was. Oh, man, yeah. He was. Honestly, everything about Ricky Steamboat was believable except one thing. What's that? That top rope chop to the top of the head oh. he used to do. That thing was stupid. I thought you were going to say that stupid dragon he'd bring to the ring. Well, that was also stupid. I thought you were going to talk about his happy family life. You're talking about the side of his hand crashing down on the top of your head. That's the hard, probably the hardest part of your, your head. Right. And I'm supposed to believe that hurt. So... Here's the thing. People who listen to the show go, what a bunch of old fucks just talking about old stuff. Here's the thing. If you watch WWE, the pay-per-view matches are great, but on TV they cut the comebacks. Everything's cut short for TV. And not only that, but all the comebacks start the same way with three fucking clotheslines. Yeah, yeah. A great point. So we're not just like, oh, you guys are all just living in the past. We still watch the product. I don't hate the WWE, I, but it's it's not the same. That It's not the same structure we remember. Right. You know, growing up, and what ter- what made us love the, mm-hmm. this business was watching that stuff and being bought in. As as you know, me, I started at eight years old watching AWA. Um, but you got bought into that, and that's what how we grew up. So now we see now, and I don't, I have nothing but they're way better. They're better athletes now than they ever were. Yeah, sure. I just but this just the way the things are structured are different. That's all. That's correct. And at least now you're getting a little bit of diversity in, like, the body types and the sizes and, like, different people. Yeah, actually like Kevin Owens and Bray yeah. Wyatt are getting... So, so you have that, but they all still work the same. Yeah, of course. Well, that's the safe, taught way that they get... They learn that way before they even get on TV. So then can you say that, honestly, they... they nah, that's not fair to say. I'm gonna suck. I'm going to swallow that. No, go ahead. No, nah, I'm not going to say it. Uh, I'm not going to say it. Nope, we're not doing it. Next. All right. All right. Next. Jesus. All right. Let's see. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have a guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, we had an already on. I know. He's barely. Really, since I've been here a couple times, I don't get the respect Yeah, well, plus we'll let him hit the, We'll let him play clean. I'm on your side, man. I appreciate that. We'll let him play clean. If you're going to be happy that I picked this one. Will he? Uh, no, probably not. Rat count. Rat count. This will be easy for yeah. me. Allow me. <laughs> Zero. Zero rats. Ditto. Okay. What What are we talking? Like, Yeah, I will also say zero. Oh, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Not you, Scott. Lane is wrong. Why am I wrong? We'll get to that in a minute. Last ten years, zero. Okay. First ten years? All of them. <laughs> uh... I, we, honestly, Call it if, if, if so, if it was more than once with the same person, we'll count them as one. Right? Just once, sure. 11, 12? 
Okay. Wow. All right. Jesus. I had some DJ rats back in the day, but yeah, we covered yeah. that already. Right. Right. All right. We, ta- we talked about that. Oh. All right then. You were putting on uh, uh, Apache. Putting on the hits. You were putting <laughs> yeah. on Apache. You didn't yeah. jump out and then yeah. get you some. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you finally right. saw that play as long as uh, Jack Spade rat count. Zero. Nah, wrong. Zero. Come on. Wrong. You're like at... Wrong. Nearing triple digits. What? Stop it. Stop this. People listen... My wife listens to this. And no rats since you've been married. That, yes, that is true. Yeah, right. That's right. what I'm saying. No rats since you've been married. But... Listen, we're all old enough to know that, you know, as as much as we are in love with our significant others, we have a past. We weren't white, okay. uh, white robe-wearing... I don't know where that was going. White robe? Well, clean I don't know about him, but, snow, <laughs> I, know know. About him, but I was white. If we, <laughs> if we get married, I'm wearing all white with I a white I want to know about this white robe. Time. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we all have... There's got to be stipulations here. Sketchy right. pasts. Because okay. some of them became rats after... Maybe okay. you were the introductory. Yeah. 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 I'm like yeah, you the, were the chief. I'm like yeah. the wrestler starter kitchen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and some of them didn't go all the way, right? So hey, uh, let me ask you a question. Did you finish? Did I finish? Yeah. yeah. I finished out of every hole in my body. Rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really did. <laughs> tell the story. I'm not gonna tell that story. Uh, tell the story. I don't know the story. Alright. So, some of you may know in this room that I've struggled with the sleep apnea. He's got the apnea. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of my size and yeah. my thick neck. Okay. Oh, yeah. massive. Yeah. Uh, so, I can't sleep well. You guys could be brothers. I do have the machine. I do, and it's um, I'm loving it, man. Yeah, yeah. Y'all don't know about that. That's the best sleep I've ever had. I'll tell you what. I don't know about that, but I know I love his sleep apnea machine. When we share a room on the road, (laughs) world of difference. Let me tell you something. Okay, I haven't been around the sleep apnea machine. But I remember sleeping three to a room on these road trips, and I swear to fucking God, I was working in a lumber yard. <laughs> I, I, was dream- I thought I was dreaming that I was a lumberjack. Nope. It was just the snoring. <laughs> All right, tell the story. So that was Ratcow. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, fine. So I struggle. So there's a point where my apnea got so bad because it went untreated for a number of years. A long time, yes. Where I could fall asleep very quickly because I was always exhausted. Sure, okay. So, at a moment's notice, almost narcoleptic level, fall asleep. Head right? pillow sleep, yeah. Okay. Secondarily, I don't like weird toilets. It's just the thing about me. Like, weird toilets, like strange, like Form toilets? I don't like scratch toilets. He means he does not like a toilet that his buttocks isn't familiar with. Like, if I'm on the road, I can talk myself into it. But, and now as I get older, I have to. Right, right. Uh, But at the time, because I was a little younger, did like to go home and use my toilet. Yeah. With my things. Uh, me too, until my bowels got looser. <laughs> <laughs> I was implying that, but I'm glad you just knocked it out of the park. Uh, so, I was at a girl 
whom I met at a wrestling show's house. Who may or may not have been a rodent. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was. Who later married a wrestler. Told you. Who looked very similar to me in body type. Okay. And we had yet to have do- done anything. This was, in fact, the only time we ever did anything. Yeah. I received some pleasantries. Okay. Of the mouth variety. All right. All right. Some children. It's listen. actually it's actually worse when you try to. Yeah, right. it. We totally got it. But yeah. Go ahead. Orally. <laughs> Oral gratification. I, I just want to get to the all the all the holes. Yeah, well, he's working yeah. on it. I received it, and I had some gas build up before oh that, my. but I was awake. Well, this is so all right. I took the oral pleasantries. <laughs> I fell immediately asleep, and as I was wont to do, I farted myself awake. Okay. What? Like a dog. Farted right himself awake. Farted. Or started. No, I just farted that okay, time. Okay. Okay. I just farted that, that time. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was like, uh, oh! <laughs> I have got to go. <laughs> and then I left. Nice. Okay. So, rat count. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna. Say, I'm just gonna guess thirty. <laughs> that is false. The red count honestly is like five. I feel like it's more. I feel like it's more. It's it's not. I feel like it's more. I don't want you to start naming names. And I'm not cut. But if you could start describing. <laughs> All right. There was the tall one. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. And there was the casino one. All right. And there was. Yeah, that way. Yeah, okay. And then, um... Oh, I just had this list right, last week. Six. B, I'm up to six B now. B-Money? What about B-Money? B-Money is, uh... Is that the casino. Oh, okay. okay. Um... I'm on the spot right now, but last week up in the living room, I had a pretty good list going. I've got six. What about... What about, uh... Thumbs? What about Toe Thumbs? Toe Thumbs is not wrestling related. Okay. Oh, but oh, oh. Big M. Yeah, that, that was six. Okay. What about the one-legged grocer? Oh, I forgot about the one-legged grocer. <laughs> no, but side story. Toe Thumbs, all right? Very pretty girl. Didn't come to any wrestling shows. Met her the way I meet, you know, half the time met most of my women right. online. Right. Farmersonly.com. Farmersonly.com. <laughs> Uh, she was intrigued by the wrestling thing, and one time she had me, uh, forearm in the face. Really? Oh my. Yep. Alright. At my house. Interesting. Did you give her the, like, the roaring elbow forearm? <laughs> I worked snuck. Okay. Well. I hear, I hear you finished her with the stupor. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, you know. But I don't. I didn't consider them rats. I, you know, rats to me, a rat is a very specific thing. A rat is a woman who comes to a wrestling show. Bullfrog. <laughs> a rat is a woman who comes to a wrestling Sam. show to sleep with wrestlers. Yeah. And that was not the case. That was not necessarily what I was okay. looking for. So fair enough, because there were times, maybe a couple in my account, that might not have that. I might have met at a bar afterwards that may or may not have even been at the show, but I'm still counting them in there. Okay. And, you know, 
when you are a wrestling fan or a wrestler, you are bound to meet women who enjoy wrestling. Which is... And penis. Scary but true, yeah. <laughs> and it's annoying. Two great things that go great together. <laughs> it is an annoying thing to actually date somebody who likes wrestling but isn't necessarily on the inside of the business. Well, you know, I think... Okay, so this is nothing to do with rats, and I don't want to go too far off topic, but I think we've kind of exhausted it. I, there's always guys who say, boy, I wish my girlfriend or my wife or my fiancé liked sports more. Until you date a girl who thinks she knows sports, and it's annoying as shit. So maybe count your blessings if your wife isn't as big of a sports fan. You just you don't want to be at home and be like, what do you think about John Cena? Yeah. <laughs> I think Roman Reigns sucks. I don't like the fact that he got pulled. You mean pushed? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Dawn does very well with the Bucks and the, uh, the Brewers and the Packers. Right. And so Catherine likes the Brewers and she'll tolerate the Packers. I'm just saying, the ones who claim to be experts right. can be annoying. Because I've met girls like this who are like, yeah, I like uh, I like that uh, Aaron Rod- Rodgers guy. He's cute. Okay, cool. Yeah, what do you think about the receivers? Do you think they should throw to Cobb? Well, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, go sit down. Fair Take enough. off your jersey. Anyway. Right. So zero zero, you said I'll eleven. I'll say ten. Ten, and Lane is seventy-five. By your stipulation, I'm sticking with six. What do you think, Masters number? Fifty-two. Yeah. Oh my God, Masters! That we really needed him here for that. Yolanda yeah. counts like four times. <laughs> well, she's in four zip codes. Hey, oh, <laughs> What about Eddie Watson? Yeah. Are you counting the time I fucked Eddie Watson? No. Oh, no. Oh, because he's in the business. Did you pull? Did you pull? (laughs) The first time. He's running. He's hitting cleanup. Okay. I guess I'm up. How to book a show. All right. Oh. Well, you, you go down to a building. You talk to the owner. You're missing a point. Oh. You're missing a part. You get a lobotomy. And some tights. And then and you convince yourself that anybody can book a wrestling show. Um, I, I think, though, seriously, you have to... You should. You should start with a vision, right? You should start with an idea of what you'd want to see. And unless you're just booking a pure spot show because somebody needed somebody, something, you should also be thinking ahead. If your first show to your at least fourth or fifth show, right? Now, you might not get there. Like, your first show could be the drizzling shits and you close up shop and good night, everybody. But you should be starting to think, as I'm going to put a show together and find, like, what would I like to see? What would be some angles I'd like to run? And do I have a good core of people I want to start to ask once I'm able to secure a building? So I think before we do any of that, it really needs to come with vision because we've been on shows. And we've heard of shows where there was clearly no vision. It was clearly, hey, I've got a show. Shit, it's three weeks away. I need some wrestlers. Those usually don't work out very well. No. You need to figure out before you run a show what is going to make your show different than the show that's running three blocks away. Right. And it can't be, well, I'm only going to use 12 of those guys, but I'm bringing in three new faces. You know, there has to be some distinctness. Um, 
flattery might be the best form of, 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 uh, of complimenting somebody, but when you're running indie wrestling in the same 100-mile radius, you probably shouldn't do a whole lot of copying because fans will generally go to more than just one company show and they'll see right through your shit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to convince yourself that you're going to make money. You have to convince yourself that you have to make money, but unlike a couple of uh, people we know that ran some shows last month, two months ago now, you also need to prepare for the chance that you won't. Which means you should probably have had money, whether it was from sponsors or your savings account or from past shows, stored away. Because I will, I, I do not put myself over, you know that. But I will say this about Rebels. Vic, you can attest to this. Nobody ever walked away with less than they were promised, even if I had to go to an ATM to pull it up. That's correct. And, you know, you can't, you can't factor in a name as being your promotion. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of bookers make the mistake of. If I book this person, so many people will come. And we had, we were looking into this for a while when we were doing fusion shows, um, <laughs> Some of the names, I think, if I remember straight, we looked at were like Jeff Hardy, right? Right, because we were running in point, yep. and we thought we could draw the college audience by having... Yeah, Jeff Hardy on the show. Uh, and this was off of his, uh, probably the most recent singles run, where he might have actually had the heavyweight title for a minute, right? Yeah. There? Yeah. And he had left again. Right. Right when he was at his down and lowest and darkest period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that perfect time. <laughs> right. Perfect time for him to get to know us. Um, there's something about the names, though, that there's two, three rules of thumb when you bring in a name, right? Now, you have to be able to ensure that you're going to bring in enough new tickets, not old existing, not old existing yep. customers, to pay for them, or... You need to have a sponsor that will pay for it. Yeah. Because then you're not having to dig out of the kitty of money you would have given to the boys or take out of your own personal account. And three, if you're bringing in a name, it probably helps to do some research about what kind of a person that guy is in the locker rooms. Is he reliable? Does he show up? Is he a guy who's got a reputation for you sending him half his money and then he no-shows you? Is he a drunk who gets kicked out of the bar and barricades himself in his hotel room and misses his flight back to Memphis, Brian Christopher? Right, right. I mean, you need to do, because here's the other, the two things are going to happen if you bring the guy with the bad rep. Either you're going to get fucked over because he doesn't show up, or he does something to embarrass you, or you're going to get fucked over because he does something at the sponsor bar afterwards that costs you some money down the road because that sponsor won't sponsor you anymore. So you have to do your research. Bring in names, sure. Again, make sure you're covered. Make sure it's not the at the expense of the guys who have broken their back helping to build your promotion. And and also make sure that the person you're bringing in isn't going to torch your, your building or your promotion or your town. Do you remember how much Jeff Hardy was asking? Ten grand. Ten thousand dollars. So you have to factor... Wow. That's <laughs> a lot of sponsorship. It's a lot of sponsorship. That's, you know, and if you have no sponsorship... That's, that's a like, thousand people. It's a thousand people. Just to cover Jeff Hardy. Just to cover one person. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a bad idea. So, you, like... You know who wouldn't cost 10000 Bunkhouse Buck. He'd pay you eight bucks to come in. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> a win for everybody. If you run a show... Not the crowd. 
because you want to get to know names or bring in names and you don't have those kinds of connections to really get yourself that money, you're not doing it for the right reason. Look, if, yeah, if you, look, I, I get it. We've said this a hundred times. We're all marks to some point because that's why we got into business. But if you're a mark to the point where you just want to glad hand and look important to guys you grew up with, or grew up watching, I should say, then, yeah, you're absolutely in this for the wrong reason. You have no business promoting shows. And we're back to live wire, everybody. Hello. Always back to live Well, wire. there's a lot of people you could talk about with that. There are people who brought in people and paid them out of their own pocket just so they could work them. Yep. Mm-hmm. That aren't live wire. Right. And have done it for years, even when they didn't run their own shows. And owes people Monday. Yeah, you pay up. I'll see what I can do. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So, what, do you have anything? To add? So, and then, okay. Now, since we're okay, so we're talking. We got a building, right? Yeah. We got a ring. Hopefully, you own your own ring because, which if you're looking to run long term, and Angel Armani said this a few weeks ago, you have to buy a ring because if you run say a show a month or eight shows a year, and you have a three hundred dollar ring rental, four hundred dollar ring rental, it's three grand. Yeah. You can get a ring for three. Like so, think ahead. Like if mm-hmm. you're doing this for the long haul, you better buy that ring. Right. Because that's and then you know then you only have to worry about renting a U-Haul and maybe you're lucky enough that you buy that or you buy a trailer and you hook it up to a pickup truck like we've done a million times. And, and then you're only on the hook for maintenance. Right. So you got your ring. You got your building. Um, I would say that the other things that are important, you know, wrestlers aren't a dime a dozen, man. I love you guys. You're great. But there's a lot of great workers out there. Right? But there's not a lot of help with security. There's not a lot of good ticket takers out there. There's not a lot of great referees. Eddie, you're a great one. There's not a lot of decent, reliable ring announcers. There's not a lot of... There's a grossly... uh, Grossly few good DJs in in this area. Okay? So, uh, and, and I know that in the 80s, Vern Gagne didn't need music. But guess what? You need fucking music. And it's tough... When you don't have a DJ at all. So the only thing you have is like T.C. Washington setup and a Def Leppard CD somebody had in their <laughs> car that only plays two songs. Hey, every, the good guys come out to Rocket and the bad guys come out to Armageddon. <laughs> but but you, you understand what I mean? And I'm not shitting on any... But a lot of times you put 100% effort into booking the show itself and then you go, oh man, I don't have anybody to ring announce. I don't have anybody to play music. I don't even have anybody to kind of do security. Like, we've had three or four shows when we were running. We showed up. We didn't have a bell. Yeah. Right. You just didn't think. Yeah. We, we didn't even think about a bell. So I, I guess the other thing I would suggest, and I know too many chefs can spoil the soup, right? But I think most great promotions either start out with. You know, the the guy who's on the hook for the money, maybe, and in a good right hand, hey, let's book these things together. Sometimes it's a 50-50 split or a 30-30-30-33% split on how they share the expenses, right? But you got to have another guy to bounce ideas off you. Guys, somebody you trust. Somebody that, that understands the business and doesn't have to necessarily have the exact same vision as you. Because that's where good conversations come up, right? Hey, I really like this guy. I don't like him. All right, well, then we should have a good, healthy discussion. And if we can come out of this discussion at least agreeing on, you know, 15 guys to put on a show, at least you know they were all vetted and you bounced ideas off each other. I think those things are all important. Yeah, if 
And, you know, I've thought about things like this because, you know, I'm eventually I'm going to open up LABMECW, right? Which stands for? Lane A. Boyle Main Event Championship Wrestling. Always know what your main event is every show. Hello. Lane A. Boyle. Jack Spade. <laughs> Jack Spade. <laughs> Jack Spade Main Event. Can I put something else out there about running a show that I think is important? It, it is fine for promoters to wrestle on their own shows. It's fine. I think you should be smart about when you do it. Again, or have a good have partners, right? Because if you're not wrestling in the opener, if you're wrestling in the middle and you're trying to plan a match, it, you really need somebody running that locker room for you. Right. Right? Somebody who's like, all right, hey, are we on pay? Well, you got your times right? Good, good. Because so, you got your promoter who's working on But you know what? You don't need to wear the title in your company. No, you do not. You, it's not necessary for you to wear the gold in a company. It is, however, important for you to choose wisely who you put a title on. Right. Not only are they a representation of your company, but also you have to be sure that they're going to come back. Uh-huh. That's very true. Yeah. And that's why it's risky to put a belt on a name if you don't have them guaranteed to come back at least three of the next five shows to defend it and play the storyline out. Because then I'll say, hey, guess what? We've stripped. Hey, in, in Bermuda last week, we had a title change. Um, you know, at that point, uh, it was a great back-and-forth match, but Chris Masters ended up losing to Jamaica Joe. <laughs> and here's Jamaica Joe. Hey, Up the two ounces on the island. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Like, Jamaica Joe is white. So, <laughs> hey, man. Well, now I'm going to say this and it's going to sound contradictory. The, uh, wearing a belt is not important if you're a wrestler. It shouldn't be, right? No. I don't think it is. But your title should be the most important storyline. The main part of your show. For the Correct. fans. So you need to trust that that person is going to put on good matches, be very reliable, and also have a good understanding of what you as a promoter are looking for as a representation. Are you a family show? Are you a little bit more extreme? Are you somewhere in the middle? Because the last thing you want is you have family. You claim to be family friendly, and you have a guy dropping f bombs and pissing in a corner. And you know you go you lose fans, and you go, the guy goes, "Hey, this is my thing, man. This is what I do." And I think what I've figured out, and I'll probably never be able to do it because I'll never have money. And that's just the way it is, right? Is that a show needs to have the main guy who owns the company, but they can't do it all themselves, right? Right. They have to be able to break their parts out right. mm-hmm. to other people. Right. You have to delegate so you have to people you trust. And those people have to be very, very clear and understanding of what their roles are and that they're not to go into that other lane. Deviate. Do un- your thing. Yeah. Unless... They are specifically asked to. And that is hard. And that's why you really have to trust people. Because let's go back to the late 90s when I said, like, you find these people who say, I want to help, I want to help, I want to help. And all of a sudden, you know, they're doing a small part of things you've asked them to. And at the bar, they're telling everybody that they're the co-owner of the company. Mm-hmm. See what I Like, it's hard to find people who can't, who if you don't know them. That, that was can your boy. Keep their, not my boy. That can keep their egos in check, too. Because, mm-hmm. again, marks have just as much of an ego as a lot of the rest of us. Like, oh, look, I'm part of this now. Holy shit. You know, I was bringing the ring gear back. I must be something in this company. You see what I mean? I do. All right. 
Well, any, anything else you want to Yeah, add? you know, man, you hit on so many different things. Vision, um, you know, it's like the, vision is a big piece of it, right? Like, I'll go to shows and, like, I have no idea what's going on, right? Um, and granted, I, I don't need, to, me as a ref, I don't need to know the big picture, but there's there's times I've been at shows, I have no idea what's going on in ten minutes, right? right? And, and I understand that the card's subject to change. In fact, I was going to be the Russian, card subject to change. So I could get on every flyer, right? But you know things are going to change. Every ninety percent of the shows I'm on now is a ring announcer because I don't wrestle anymore. The run sheet I get changes. Maybe one or two names will drop off it. That happens. Yeah. yeah. But how many shows have we been booked where they're still fucking booking the show yeah. at six thirty and the doors open at, in ten minutes? Because they're waiting to see who shows up. Right. Yeah. Like that to me, that shows that you didn't have vision. You 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 aren't checking in with the because the other thing is if you're booking guys you should be following them a confirming but b are you everything good do you like working here uh, what would you because people will say yeah, yeah great I'll see you on the fifteenth and then they're like I'm not going to yeah. a fucking show and you're you're not going to get the most out of your workers either because your workers have no idea what you want them to do so they're either going to work safe. And not take any chances. They're gonna work like if you put me in that position, you're probably getting comedy, and that's like a real stupid, goofy ass comedy match. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you actually get the vision and you can bring people with it, then you get the effort because they have a story they can tell. Absolutely. Well, and the other piece of it is, to Lane's point of having divisions, if there are going to be changes, who is the person that's going to be the contact for that? Or is 50, or 50 people running after one person who's trying to do everything that's going on in the building? That's why you need that second guy. That, right. That's my point. That's yeah. Because right. yeah. don't, you don't want a long line at the DJ booth. Yeah. yeah. You need, um, and you don't want to lose your neck. I'm yeah. not even allowed at the DJ booth. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Neither you don't want to lose your... You don't want to like become a teapot and lose your neck because you're freaking out on show days. Okay. <laughs> but you definitely need you need one guy in the top that the other ones can come to if yep. there's like a question and that person needs to concentrate on what they do and then that person needs to be able to oversee everything. And some companies I've seen too, and this isn't necessarily a must, but they'll say, Listen, I got three guys I really trust, so you're the eight each one of you is an agent for two of these matches. That way if there's a you know, I say, so let's say you're the agent, Lane, and I say, on these two matches, oh, these are the terrible. two finishes I want. Now you know what I want, so those guys can come to you and you know, hey, the finishes, you know, you go over with a snap mirror, because that was a finish in the 50s, brother. But anyway, um, but at least now you're the designated go-to guy for that. Right, and it helps that you also have a second match, so you know what they're doing in that one, so you can tell these guys, hey, don't do this. Right. Because it's going to happen before you. Because it's the mo- that is the most common issue I see in shows in this area. Even the good shows. Is that there will be matches sometimes in a row that start the exact... Like, oh my god. The exact same. Not even partly the same. Right. I've seen... I was on a show where all four matches started lock up, arm bar, uh, into a hip toss. In a, all, in a row. Mm-hmm. And I, so you think to yourself, A, one, somebody's not watching because maybe there's one only one person and he's worried about his match. He's not even watching what's going on. Or two, uh, there's just no communication. In you know, mm-hmm. um, And that's where you should be able to... Look, I tr- if I'm booking shows, I trust that you guys know what you're doing. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I want to find out how you're starting and I need to find out what your finish is. 
So I know that we're not going to have a whole lot of, you know, I'll tell you, I want you to go over, let's think of a finish, right? And then maybe if we have one match on the show where people are going to brawl all over the building, I'll say to everybody else, everybody else keep it inside because we got one match that's a false count anywhere. If we do too much outside, it takes away from that, right? Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you know, you don't have to micromanage. Okay, so then I want you to do this, this, this. Then I want you to, like, you don't have to micromanage at that point, but you need to know what the big things to watch for, how a match is going to start, and what finishes people are going to use so they don't see that over and over and over on a seven or eight match card. Beautiful. You feel good about it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Eddie. We okay. made your weight. You get to take it home. With make this. it, make it a, a winner. Pick a solid one. Not that shit. Not nine of them. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> They're sticking together again. So Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh come on, Nick. We just got to talk about grapple talk. Where we talk about wrestling, it doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com/slash/thegrappletalk, and you can follow us on Twitter at thegrappletalk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was high five. Oh, yeah. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming, check us out. I thought I fixed that. <laughs> Was Montreal a work? Like the city of Montreal or the Expos? The Expos were definitely yeah. a work. I never understood the Expos field. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that that's field. Olympic Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. That AstroTurf was like, terrible. Brutal. I, it I'm not seemed, diving for shit. It always seemed weird when you saw games from there. And I know it's not Europe. But it looked like it was always the ca- the camera looked like it the it was uh, like the picture looked different. Right? Yeah, because it reminds yeah. right? Yeah. right. And then yeah. you'd hear yeah. like the guy you know now batting Jeff Conan. Just <laughs> Jeff Conan. I did like the logo though. I thought the logo was cool. Yeah. And I don't I speak French, logo. as you can tell. Oh, with the little balls. Yeah, I, didn't I thought that was cool. I don't like it. Either. Well, right. America. I think that covers Montreal. I yeah. I think it. Yeah. I hope that. Do you like Montreal steak seasoning? Oh, that's good stuff. Good I stuff. do like that. Is that Montreal or Montreal? No, it's Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Montreal. Yeah, it's in well, a I like steaks, so yes. <laughs> Let me tell you something else. That I, I hate. I'll tell you what I hate about Montreal and Quebec because it's French, very French, heavy French Canadian, French Canada, and yes. of course French people think they're better than everybody else. So that for years and years and years, Quebec has wanted to become their own country and not be part of Canada because they're papa's assholes. But they still want the free health care. Yeah. So, well, so yeah. Montreal can kiss my ass, and Quebec as a whole. But anyway, so... I feel like that's what they were looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were no other details listed. Uh, that's not what they want. Okay, <laughs> so we've, uh, this has been talked about 
a thousand times by a thousand different people. I think that everybody but Brett knew what was going on. There, there are. Yeah. I think. I mean, again, we. I could be being worked just like everybody else. I think everybody that was close to Vince McMahon knew what was going to happen, um, and they were able to pull off the fact that Bret Hart didn't know because I don't think Bret Hart would have gone along. And I think that uh, you know we'll never know because they work. They still work it to whatever extent they need to to protect those people. Not that you need protection from Bret Hart now, especially if you come at him from the left. Um, Sorry. But to protect that reputation with Bret Hart. Because he had a stroke. Uh, (laughs) For those of you that didn't get that awful, cruel joke. I'm also on my way to a stroke. Yeah, so am I. No arguments here. Also, you were here last week, Doug Dillon. (laughs) He got well on his way to a stroke. And Billy Squire sang about a stroke. He did. Yeah. Are so. you a Billy Squire fan? No one is a Billy Squire fan. Come on! It's not 1982 anymore. Okay, I, it's not 1955 and people sing Frank Sinatra songs like they're going if out. Billy Squ- good music. If it's Billy Squire good. was at the Waukesha Expo Center tomorrow, are you going? Is it no. free? Are you going? Is it free? $5 cup. Nope. Is there a good local yeah, opener? What's the opener? Ah. Good local opener? Yeah. The toys. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> what about the cherry pie? I'm still out. Panty Raid? Still out. Panty Raid is not a real band. <laughs> it's a real Panty band. Raid? Their name is Panty Raid? Yeah, and they you get remember booked? Panty Raid, right? I don't know Panty okay. Raid. I, you know. Love Monkeys? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, getting back to the topic, <laughs> which was definitely not Billy Squire or Panty Raid. <laughs> I feel like the longer it's talked about and the more I look at things, I feel like the whole thing was a work. Okay. I really do. You think Brett was in on it? <clears throat> Interesting fact here. I do it, think by the way, Brett Hart was why, why, conspiracy guy. Why I worry about it being a work, though, is how long Brett stayed away. So Getting good money, though. I think that Brett stay away. stayed away. His brother died. There were hard feelings over that. Really? Yeah, his brother died. And there well, were hard feelings. There would be over hard that. feelings over <laughs> that? Yes. Okay. Um, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that that's where the heat was. But if you look at it, okay? So Vince McMahon went on TV a week later with a black eye, right? Mm-hmm. This is a fucking guy that tore both quads. And didn't show a single second of weakness. But then came out the next week with a black eye. But, okay. But I, does it show weakness because he had a black eye or that he didn't put makeup on and he was trying to sell? Because a black eye is a black eye. If you get punched, you I get think punched. it. I think the difference is, is he put over the fact that he, he got punched. That guy tore two quads and he just sat there was, barking his orders. But that was later when he was heel McMahon. At, up until the Montreal instance, Vince McMahon was, suppo- was supposed to be a beloved character. Correct. So Correct. But I really feel like he pitched it like they had the best of both worlds on their hands. Brett was going to go make a shit ton of money. 
he was going to turn into Mr. McMahon because he forced Brett out. And there was no doubt that prior to the screw job, there had been some talks openly with Vince and Brett saying, look, I can't pay you this. Correct. Yada, yada, yada. If you can get that from Eric, go get it. Sure. And it worked out great. You know, one of the topics we have to talk about Not today so is how Eric Bischoff fucked up the chance to put the WWE out of business. I'm not saying I'm glad that they're not I'm glad he did. He didn't put them out of business. I'm just saying they were on the ropes. They were one punch away and they couldn't get out of their own goddamn way. Some of that has to do with Turner's bookkeeping. Some of that does and some of that also has to do with too many people who didn't understand the wrestling business being brought in to run a wrestling company. That's true too. So where are we? How are we protected? Eddie didn't even get to talk. Oh, yeah. What do you... So... Well, is um, it a work? Is it not a work? You know, Vic makes a good point. I, I, I wasn't even watching that product at the time. So it was all after the fact. But I, that always kind of struck me as that, like, man, like, I've never had a black guy, right, like that. So I can't really speak to how it would... Well, you know. Well, you just put a stake on it. it anyway. But either way, like, man, that, that, that shit looks pretty damn... Um, you know, fresh a week later, and oh, we you, don't know when they taped it. Maybe it was the next. Either way, but like you would think, wouldn't you? When you try to do something, like they they want you to see that. And what's the benefit of them showing that if the guy's not going to be oh, there? Well, I'll tell you what the benefit is though, too. Even uh, so, let's uh, just, sympathy maybe. Right. Let's just play this out. Maybe he's not ready to be the heel yet. I mean, he's going to do that in the next couple months. But maybe he's got to explain to his audience where Brett is. Okay, like. That's the other thing. He was still your your biggest star, like one of your top two stars. Was this before he said, "Good guys, bad guys"? Was this before or after that? Because he had already kind of come out and done, yeah, it was you after. know that people people are smarter than, but than you, that, right? But you still had to, like I said, you you have a show coming up now on That's Monday, and your yeah. top guy's gone now. He just lost. He should be angry. He should want to be on Raw, ready to tear somebody's face off, but he's gone. Like you still have to explain that. Well. At that point, they had less than 24 hours to explain it. Right. Because Sunday Night Pay-Per-View, Monday Night Raw. Right. So. Well, I know if I'm going somewhere and there's a black guy and he's looking fresh. Yeah. I'm watching what I say. <laughs> what if it's Dougie Fresh? Oh, then I'm going to ask him to cut a fat rhyme. Is he uh, rolling with Slick Rick at that point? Because if he is, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Slick Rick will fucking jack you up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you must And he'll tell children a story about it. <laughs> That's right. And then and then they'll go beat up uh, Rob Base. They'll get too short to pee on your shoes. Too short's got a lot of cocktails. He does. <laughs> All right. Where are we for time? Are we? Well, this will definitely be the last subject. Okay. Okay. All right. Then we'll finish it up. Okay. okay. I can't read it. Oh, I don't know anything about that. What is it? It's managing. Well, we could this, we could go forever on this. Like, I mean, you should throw that back in the hat. And get something else. Yeah, because that I, I don't want to cut. I, oh sure. I don't want to. I don't want to leave that to five minutes. As the yes. only person who hasn't violated the sanctity of the hat, you have now. Feels nice. Hopefully, you can find Bolivian soccer. Because I mean, in some ways, that that could be a half-hour topic. I really believe that. I got a lot to say about it. About words. <sighs> While we wait for. He's uh, digging deep in there. Waiting to find a topic. You have a good day. Nice day. Um, yeah, it was pretty good yeah. actually. Thank you. You, uh, you feeling good? 
Feel better? Feeling really good. We had, I'll uh, be better when I'm on my domestic toilet. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. I know that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Quick question for you. Okay, All right, okay. here this you go. Yeah. This would be a good one. Who owns Fusion Pro Wrestling? Vic Ross, everybody. I beg to differ. This person not listen to this show? No, nobody. We already, no one listens. Go ahead. Nobody does. Well, why, yeah. don't, why don't, for the sake of that, how was the, first of all, what would you determine, what, what's your uh, definition of an owner? Uh, who would be responsible for the money? Okay. The founding members of Fusion Pro Wrestling were Lane A. Boyle uh-huh. and our deceased friend, yeah. James Shaney. Uh-huh. With Jim no longer on the hook, so to speak, that leaves ownership at your feet, Lane. Are we speaking of currently owning? Well, nobody currently owns Because I currently own a Facebook page that says Fusion Pro Wrestling Wisconsin. Oh, that definitely sounds like, sounds like you own it. Yeah. However, the last person to have posted anything from Fusion Pro Wrestling Wisconsin on said page was the owner, Jim Duffy. I don't know who that is. Stating that the show no longer is happening and, you know, there's... Okay. I got an idea, and this is what I want you guys to marinate over the next week before we convene again for another podcast, and I want all of our listeners, should we sell the naming rights of, to Fusion, of Fusion Pro Wrestling? Well, something? as long as it's not Steve Van Beckham, I think we'll be all right. That, well, that's where you got to be careful. Yeah. I There's not really much to talk about. I mean, we'll come back next week, and Lane will tell us what he wants to do with his company's name. <laughs> 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 well... I mean, I'd have to confer with you first, though. I'm going to let you guys fight this out. And I'm going to thank our good friend Eddie Watson for joining us. Thank you, Eddie. And, of course, Victor Stick Ross. And Jack Spade. One of them is the owner of Fusion Pro Wrestling. We'll find that out as things unveil. Hey, let me ask you one question as you wrap this up. Yeah. You didn't hear anything about James M. Duffy Championship Wrestling, did you? No. But you heard about Lane and to move on to his next project. It's a completely different show. It has a completely different premise. You've been listening to the Ross Family Matters podcast. I'm Hot Shot. Good night, everybody.